Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw. Today, we've got another grizzly bear story for you, and we get really in-depth on some discussions about bear safety, and specifically bear spray, so we hope you enjoy it. Alright, let's go. Alright everyone, welcome back to Tooth and Claw Podcast. Hi Wes! Uh, hey, how's it going, dude? Good. Well, guess what? We're all here together. Yeah. We're holding hands right now. Oh, yeah. it's going to be hard for me and Jeff. <laughs> oh, Finger tips. Finger tips, yep. Just the tips. Sword fighting, I think, is what they call that. Uh, so yeah, we're together. We're here in Utah. It's hot. We're sitting in Jeff's apartment, sweating. We all got our pants off. Yep. And what are we, Wes? We're Tooth and Claw Podcast. This podcast is all about animal attacks, but I think a lot of people, when you hear about animal attacks in the news and stuff, it's sensationalized. You're hearing stuff that isn't necessarily true. They're trying to paint animals as bloodthirsty monsters or predatory when often they're just reacting to a person. So the whole point of this podcast is to tell those stories because they are really interesting, but to do it in a way that gives the animals justice to explain that often the people are the ones that are at fault in these kind of encounters and then also to teach people about animals and about conservation and and to have a little fun in the meantime. Are we having fun? Oh, yeah. Oh, Wes, yeah. Yeah. speaking of fault with people, uh-huh. I want to ask you something about Mike Okay, that he told me about last week or two weeks ago. I'm getting ambushed yeah. right now. I can already so, tell. He went to the doctor and like had a few operations, right, Mike? Yeah, minimally invasive operations done. So, yeah. But what was more invasive... Was the entire time the doctor was resting his junk on Mike's elbow. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> For like an hour, uh-huh. right, Mike? Yeah. So do you want me to explain or yeah. do you want to? Okay. So this dude has a scalpel actively operating inside of my back, yeah. you know? And I think he just wanted to brace himself so like his scalpel wouldn't slip and slide into places it shouldn't be. So I was like, you know what? If it means a safe operation, I'm willing to let this dude's junk be on my elbow for a little bit. For like an hour. Yeah, for a little but too long. But you did huh. consider asking him to move it, right? I did. What do you do, Wes? I wouldn't say anything, but just... I would probably be like, I don't want to go back to that doctor. I'd kind of wonder like, is this guy... Coming you know. on to me. The problem was, is they had me face down on this operating. What's his table. name? I'm not. That's <laughs> speaking of violation of privacy rights. He had me face down on this operating table in a very specific position. Like, uh, so you couldn't move your yeah, arm. My arms had to be basically the way that they were. <laughs> but when I did the trigonomics of the whole operation, I was like, logically, that's where his junk would be if you were cutting open a hole in my back right where it is. Made sense. What? Yeah. And it's like, am I going to talk about this dude's junk to him while? I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to be like, it worse. Hey, can you adjust your position when you're doing <laughs> surgery on right. me? Yeah. Well, especially yeah. if he couldn't, and then you both just like have acknowledged right. that that's right. where it is. <laughs> and he just rests it back there. Yeah. Uh, he did good work otherwise. Good. I'm well, glad you're okay. If you're into that kind of thing, you did Not, great work yeah. on all, yeah. all fronts. All right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of junk, me and Jeff saw the <laughs> most recent Jurassic World movie last night, mm. which was honestly god-awful. I, I think I hated it the most. Uh, there was like 16 friends that went to this. Yeah. And I think I had the strongest opinions. But I also think I have the one of the lower bars for like 
a dinosaurs eating people movie. Yeah. But for a, a movie about terror that dinosaurs could cause around people, there was no terror or no dinosaurs eating people. It was like an action movie. What? Yeah. So I haven't seen I mean, it some yet. dinosaurs eat people. Yeah, but okay. it was like all cut away and off screen. It was boring. It was a boring movie about dinosaurs running amok. I don't want to go on for too long about it, but my main point, my thesis statement about the Jurassic movies, Jurassic Park is possibly my favorite movie, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I saw it five times no, in theaters as a kid. I love it. It like fills me with wonder, but it's a horror movie. Jurassic Park is a horror movie. It's about this unstoppable force that you have to get away from. You can't stop them. You can't team up with them, you know? Yeah. And it's a horror movie. Like in the first Jurassic Park, when Timmy makes the spoon fall, it's like, you know, he's dead. He's dead. Like yeah. these things are going to get him now. And now it's like in these movies, all you have to do is stick your hand out and they stop. It's just, <laughs> it's dumb. And it sucks because I actually kind of like Jurassic World, the first one. But these other ones have just been... It, it was disappointing. Not quite. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's my, hard to see the like original actors come back and just have to like collect a paycheck. I don't know. My main thing is if you kind of know your plot sucks, don't make it two and a half hours. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like yeah. burn through it, have some yeah. dinosaurs, eat some people and you yeah. can like make up a stupid plot and I'll still be kind of entertained. But right. man, this one drag. Well, and also like the other two Jurassic World movies, I felt like were a setup for this whole idea of like dinosaurs are loose in the world. And it they hardly even show that. It just turns into a, like another situation of them being in like cages pretty much. And it's dumb. It just it doesn't make sense. That's anyway, underwhelming. I could go on for an hour about my this, lasting, but I'm not going to. My thoughts are... That if the dude who is responsible for the effects in the first Jurassic Park movie is not the highest paid man in Hollywood or woman, what are we doing? Because it's well, I think a lot still of it so good. Spielberg, too. Well, it could be. Yeah. So I watched a documentary about that and then read this article about why the effects look better in the first Jurassic Park than they have in any of the other ones. And Lost World. Lost World has great effects, too. And it's because back then it was such a new technology that they put so much time and money into it, like getting it perfect. And it, the part where the T-Rex steps out from the fence in the first movie in the rain is the most convincing dinosaur CG I've ever seen in my life. Still, yeah. Like it looks real. And they haven't been able to replicate that because they're not willing to put the time and the money into it. I'd say one last point with the movie, the newest Jurassic World, maybe more than any movie I can remember right now, it just expected the audience to go along with what they were doing. Like what was happening didn't make any sense, but it's like you're going to believe that this uh, Dilophosaurus just ended up in the train somehow. You're going to believe that, like, okay. this yeah. thing just broke through some glass that wasn't there two seconds ago, right. you know? And it's like, they were asking the audience to just go along with a lot of... Right. You, you're you going to believe that this... What was the one that was bigger than the T-Rex Like called? a Gigantosaurus. Gigantosaurus. Yeah. Just has jumbo. gasoline in its mouth because the second <laughs> fire goes in there, it it's like exploded. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> it breathes fire? Yeah. Oh, I gotta but go like, see this. He just throws a tiny little rag yeah. in there Spoiler. that's on fire. <laughs> Ian Malcolm sticks a locust with the, like a spear somehow, lights it on fire, 
and then throws it at this dinosaur. It hits it in the mouth, which just then erupts in fire. Like, like it's a, a fire-breathing dragon. That's a billion-dollar movie. Ugh. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I could go on for a long time about this. I did last night, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of our no. our listeners. But we are going to talk about an, an attack today, an animal attack. Uh, we're not just going to talk about Jurassic Park and Mike's uncomfortable doctor experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've had a lot of stories recommended to us, and this one is one that's popped up a few times. It's the Todd Orr double grizzly attack in 2016. Double? Yeah, wow. and I'll explain why we say that. But he was attacked in 2016 by grizzlies. It's another grizzly attack. I think our last one was a Patreon or a subscriber exclusive episode. So I think our last main feed grizzly episodes were our Night of the Grizzly series. So I work with grizzlies. They're constantly on my mind. Lately, I've been every night having dreams about grizzly bears. So I just wanted to do another grizzly story. What type of dreams? Uh, Usually, not nightmares, but usually dreams where I'm either chasing or being chased by grizzly bears. Mm. Does Uh, it ever like switch up and like you're on like a game show with a grizzly bear or something? No, I don't think so. (laughs) You're on a date with one? (laughs) No, they're usually like stuff that I would actually do for work. Okay. But, um, Boring. Yeah, I know. It is kind of boring. But. <laughs> no, like Paddington type of bear? No, no. sandwiches under caps. Marmalade sandwiches. Yeah. I wish yeah. I watched Paddington last night instead of <laughs> this movie. All right. We're going to talk about this story. I think the most interesting part about this story is kind of the backlash to it. So we're going to talk about that a lot. And then we're also going to do a big bear safety recap because it's June I think a lot of people are starting to get back out there and camp and hike. We've had a lot of people tell us they want to go to Glacier and Yellowstone now because we talk about those places a lot. So I do want to do just a recap on Bear Safety 101. Can I push back on that? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think you should tell people Bear Safety. Okay. I think it's bad for the podcast. Because then people aren't going to get attacked. We're we're limiting future stories that we can talk about. Yeah. Well, maybe some of these people that want to go to Yellowstone and Glacier will get attacked. But yeah, you're right. No, I'm going to teach bear safety still. You don't want people to get attacked? No, I don't. Especially not our listeners. So you guys ready for the story? No. No? Yes. 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 So Todd Orr, I'm going to set this up for you a little bit. He's a pretty Montanan Montanan. Mm. So he worked seasonally for the Forest Service. He worked in timber for a while. Between that, his love for like hunting, fishing, snowmobiling, dirt biking, hiking, because of all that, he spends a lot of time in the woods. Does he ever shut up about Montana? Because uh, in my not. experience, people from Montana, that's I don't like think, the signature. I don't, know. I don't know. I think that's more likely a thing that people from Montana do when they move somewhere else. Oh, and okay. he still lives in Montana. You can't like yeah. do it to other Montanans. Right. That's yeah. good, you know? Yeah. So he is a lot more so than the average Montanan spending time in the woods and much more so than the average person. He's out in the woods a lot. Less than the average bear, though. Less than the average bear, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to preface that because he actually does a lot of stuff right in this episode, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk about that. And that's actually a viewpoint of mine that changed because I used to think he did a lot wrong, and the more I looked into this and researched it, I think that was just bad reporting because he actually did a lot right. Okay, so he's from Ennis, Montana. Ennis is located in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. It's really good grizzly habitat. He would spend a lot of time up in the Madison Valley. The Madison Valley leads from western Yellowstone National Park 
all the way up to Ennis and a little bit further. And it was one of his favorite places to hike and hunt. Well, a fun fact about Ennis, the signs like Welcome to Ennis, people always put a P in front of it. It's pretty funny. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, Butte, Montana also sometimes Uh, gets some funny signs. Yeah, that's hilarious regardless. (laughs) So he really likes to hunt in the Madison Valley. And most hunters in Montana and throughout the country use high-powered rifles to hunt elk. So if you're hunting an elk, you know, a big like a 30-30, a 30-06, something like that, a really high-caliber rifle is what you need to take an elk down. But or actually uses a pistol. Hmm. He hunts with a, like a scoped pistol on elk. Yeah, and he had brought a down scoped pistol. How yeah. do you? How does that work? He, I'm not totally sure, but he's killed 28 bull elk wow. with his pistol. So Jeez. he's really good with a pistol. I recently trained on a 44 Magnum. That's kind of our safety pistol that we use when we're doing really potentially dangerous bear work. Like if I'm investigating a carcass that might have a bear on it. Or trapping, I'll have one of those on my side just in case. And it's a really high caliber weapon. It kicks really hard. The recoil's really hard on them. And so they're hard to shoot. Like we had to qualify at 15 yards and I just squeaked by. So for him, like hunting bull elk where he's probably taking 100 yard or more shots with this thing, he's got to be really good at it. Wow. And that's important to the story. I, we really need to say that, that like, This isn't someone who is a casual firearms user. He is good with his firearm. He's killed a lot of elk with it. So he's really proficient. I'm not totally sure what the caliber of his pistol was, but from looking at the photos, I'm pretty sure it was a 44 Magnum, the same one that I was working with. So on the 1st of October, 2016, Todd has a really rare weekend off. He's a busy dude, doesn't get too much time off, but he has the whole weekend off. And he decides he's going to go look for elk in the Madison Valley. Hunting season hasn't started yet. It's just bow season, but it's fast approaching. And he wants to get out and scout and get a good idea of where the elk have been hanging out. So then in a couple weeks, he can go hunt them. So he leaves really early in the morning, quite a bit before first light. And he starts his hike in the dark, not far from this mountain called Sphinx Mountain. It's a really beautiful and imposing mountain in the Madison Valley. I remember when I was driving the Madison Valley, I like stopped to take photos of this mountain. It's really beautiful. So he's no stranger to bear country. He grew up in Montana. He's lived in the Yellowstone ecosystem for a long time. And he says that he would typically, in one of his interviews, he said he would generally see about a dozen bears every year on his adventures in the woods. Mm. Most of those you were see black that bears. In a day. Yeah, but I'm in a national park. <laughs> so it is different. Like yeah. as far it's as bears outside of the park. A dozen's a decent amount. Yeah. Most of them black bears and every once in a while a grizzly. Mm. And when he would see these bears, they would always either run away or they wouldn't notice him and just kind of keep doing their thing and he would go on his way. So he'd never had like a really dangerous encounter with a bear. Even though he had never had a life-threatening encounter with the bear, he was always really prepared for the worst. So that morning in the fall of 2016, he sat out on the trail with two cans of bear spray plus his pistol. So he was ready for whatever was going to come his way. Did his bear spray have a scope? It did not. <laughs> his bear spray <laughs> was not okay. scoped. Maybe yeah. that's where the problem is. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. No, we won't actually, but kind of. <laughs> um, all right. So he's walking the trail in the early morning light. And as he's going, he's calling out. This is what he said in his interviews, at least. And that's the tricky thing about all of these stories, especially ones that only happen to one person. Who knows how much of this they did? But I do tend to believe him because he had a lot of experience in the woods and he did seem very 
prepared for a bear encounter. So as he was going, every he said 20 to 30 seconds, he's calling out, hey, bear, which is kind of the, the thing that most people say when they're worried about bears. You're just calling out, hey, bear, hey, bear. I do that a lot in the park. If I'm walking around corners or doing whatever, I just make a loud noise to make mm-hmm. sure any bear knows that I'm coming. Now, can that have like a bad effect where like the bear thinks you're being friendly? Like, hey, bear. No, I don't <laughs> think so. You yeah. know, maybe you should be like, get out of here, bear. You could do that. You yeah. can yell whatever you want, but it does. It, F no, off, bear. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to have <laughs> a bad I, effect I like if, it, you know? if you're being nice. If you're saying, hey, bear, it might be like, oh, I'm, hey, well, you what's just up? Want it, yeah, you, that's what you want. Or you want it to be like, what's up? What's mm. this? Okay. Yeah. If it's a tiger, though, then you got to you gotta take that into account. So I would like rotate through all the different animals. I don't think he was worried about running into tigers. <laughs> Yeah, better to be safe though is my opinion you know what it doesn't really matter what you yell that's Uh, a good point you don't want to make it mad hey bear's a good good one so he's yelling this out and the point of all this is just to warn any bear in the trail that he's coming and to avoid a surprise encounter Mm. so again yell whatever you want it's just to let the bear know that something is coming and to give it that time to react before it's so forced you don't to react. surprise it right like with a head-on encounter because most right. bear attacks grizzly bear attacks at least are the result of a surprise encounter see um, our daddy daughter right episode. the the uh jenna and johan otter episode where they go around the corner and surprise the bear we i think it was pull Yohan. those names out yeah wow you know i do a lot of research like encyclopedia <laughs> brown yeah. of bear attacks okay he knew that surprising a bear is one of the worst case scenarios when it comes to a grizzly encounter And he knew that the best way to avoid that was to make plenty of noise. So he's making pretty good time on this trail. He's wanting to get up to this ridge line to glass for elk, to get his binos out and look for elk. And he wanted to be up there around sunup. Binos for the layman? Yeah, binoculars. And glass. I said glass. Yeah, sorry. That's just binoculars? Looking through your binoculars. No, that's cool. I'm going to... Cool I don't ever use binoculars, so I probably won't be able to use that. There's a lot of if people I can, say I will. People yeah. say binos, they say bins, they say bins. Yeah. Okay. Binox. There's a lot of different abbreviations. Binoc. Okay. I like that. So it's pretty early. So he's glassing. He's glassing. Well, no, he's not there yet. He <laughs> wanted to get up there. Uh, okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the dangers of hiking early and being alone. So if you're alone, you're inherently not making as much sound. You're not putting off as much scent. You're not giving the bear or whatever animal that you might encounter as many cues to recognize that you're there. Um, you're just in, you're going to be quieter and less smelly. And so it is more dangerous to hike alone than it is to hike in a group. You're also not as intimidating if you do see a bear or a moose or something they're much more likely to charge and engage with one person than they are a group of people. So it's, it is more dangerous to be on your own. And then as far as bears are concerned, and a lot of wildlife, they're very active in the morning. The morning is just, in general, a really active time for wildlife, especially right before sunup. Bears are what, Jeff? Crepuscular. Crepuscular, which means morning and evening are their most active times. So if you are worried about bears, you're going to want to avoid those times on trails. Todd, on the other hand, was looking for animals. He wanted to be up there to see elk, and he knew that the early morning was going to be his best time to see them. So that's why he went up at that time. So he had gone about three miles. The sun was just starting to come up, and he steps into this small clearing. And as he steps in the clearing, he looks out, and at the other edge of the clearing, just below a small ridge, was a female grizzly with cubs. And Todd and the bear make eye contact, and they notice each other at the exact same time. How many 
bus length distance away is it? Uh, he said it was about 80 yards. So how long is a bus? Probably like 20 yards, 15 yards. Yeah, like 10 or 15. Yeah. I would so say probably, 10, 10 yards probably. So eight bus lengths. I'd say like six. I don't think, is a bus longer? Like 10 yards is like 30 feet. Is a bus longer than 30 feet? It might be. Okay. And how you're supposed to follow buses at a pretty good distance. So he's probably a little too close to this bear. (laughs) What? (laughs) 80 yards is close. You want, if you're, if you're hiking around, you don't want 80 yards to be the distance that the bear first notices you. too close. You want it to be hundreds of yards away. Yeah. Like you want it to be on the other side of like the mountain and it sees you or whatever. 80 yards is close. How, how quick could a bear cover that distance they run 35 miles per hour so they could 80 yards is about 240 feet so it could cover that in like a couple seconds okay yeah probably three seconds three or four seconds they could be there are they pretty quick to accelerate they are they're very explosive explosively fast Uh, and that's the craziest thing about them it's not that it like takes them some time to build up to it they're at that 35 miles and per hour And that is quickly. like a real thing. Like those seconds you said, I think, because like in football, the combine, they run the 50-yard dash. 40-yard dash. Or 40-yard yeah. dash in like four seconds. Right. And a bear is going to be faster than them. Twice as fast as them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So he sees this bear. They make eye contact. She has cubs. And he yells out, hey, bear, to warn her of his presence. She immediately turns and runs with her cub up the ridge. And that's the same kind of behavior he had always seen that he had come to expect from bears. The bear sees him. It runs off. I want you guys to remind me to come back to him yelling out, hey, bear, at this point. I want to talk about that a little bit later. But I don't want to interrupt the story right now. So she runs off and he's like, "Okay," you know, he's relieved. This bear has left, surprising a mother grizzly with two cubs he knew was a really dicey situation, and it looked like he had avoided catastrophe. This bear was gone. He watches Mm. them run away, and they disappear through the timber and over this little ridge. So they had run west, and Todd waited about a minute before he decided to head east. So he obviously didn't want to go on the same path as these bears, and he wanted to go away from their direction. So he takes about 10 or 15 steps in that direction, when suddenly he hears something behind him. And he turns to see this large female grizzly only 40 yards away, charging at 30 miles per hour. Oh, wow. So she had stashed her cubs in a safe spot, and she was going to deal with Todd. A quick thing. Mike, do you have a question? No, I was just going to say that sounds that sounds weird to me because a mama bear's priority would be just to... It's not weird, though. Okay. They then... do this. Like, what they'll do That's is crazy. they get... She, like, her priority is what she did. She ran her cubs up over the ridge, stashed them there. And then she's like, now it's I'm going to go deal with this threat Wow! without my cubs in tow. So like that's she's being a good mom. She's getting her cubs out of danger and then she's removing that danger. A little bit about fall in Montana for grizzly bears. We've gone over a lot of grizzly bear biology on the podcast. I want to talk about seasonality a little bit. They are hitting different food sources throughout the season. And the way that they use those different food sources is really important. And in the fall... A really likely food source for grizzly bears in Montana, especially outside of the national parks, are gut piles. So it's bow hunting season. He's in a place that has a lot of elk. Likely there's been some bow hunters out there that have killed elk. And when they kill an elk, they'll field dress it. And they cut out all the guts and a lot of the organs and stuff that the bears really like. And they just leave it in a pile out in the wilderness. And so there's a lot of bears in this part of Montana that in the fall... They just go from gut pile to gut pile, and it's a really good source of food for them 
But because it's such a good source of food for them, they can get really territorial about it. Is that something that you would encourage? I would encourage hunters to be as good as possible about reducing the amount of scent and the amount of waste that they leave on the landscape. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. This is just a thing that happens. It's actually kind of nice for the bears. Um, It's a way to keep some of that energy in the ecosystem. I'm glad like all the elk gets used then. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, but it can put other people in danger. So hunters just kind of have to realize that in grizzly habitat. You need to know that that's a possibility. So there's a chance that that's what this bear was on. She could have been on an elk gut pile, and it does tend to make them a little bit more territorial when they're on any kind of meat or high-protein food source because it is such a big payoff for them that they want to defend it from other animals. She also could have been pretty jumpy because she's worried about bears that are hitting those gut piles, and she's trying to avoid them as much as possible. They're also in hyperphagia, and hyperphagia is when bears are trying to pack on as much weight as possible right before they den for the winter. Especially mothers with cubs that have to take care of those cubs still, they're really trying to pack on weight, and they're pretty desperate to do it. And so it can be a time when bears are a bit grumpier. When you bump into a bear, it might be a bit more aggressive. So all of those factors are kind of coming into play in this story. It's they're kind of hangry. It's Yeah, they kind oh. of are. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting time. It's like if you if you go suddenly to where you have to eat four times the amount of calories that you typically do and your body's telling you you have to eat that much, you do get a little desperate. And that's what happens with these bears. All of this comes into play. We're going to talk more about what could be the factors in this attack, but those are some things to consider. Do humans experience hyperphagia? Because sometimes I kind of feel like four times the allotted daily amount of calories. In the fall? Is it seasonal? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, no, it's more like always. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, Wes, just a reminder, he said, hey, bear. He did say, hey, bear. We're not ready to talk about that just yet. Keep doing that. (laughs) Okay, so back to our story. We're not going to do too much biology because we're going to talk more about bear spray and safety. But Todd realizes in a moment of horror that this isn't going to be like his other bear encounters. He knows that this is different. So while working for the Forest Service, Todd hadn't been able to carry his pistol with him. He's obviously on his own right now. He has his pistol. But during this, these decades of working for the Forest Service, he had just carried bear spray every day. And he had it on a chest holster, and he had just thought about it all the time, about how he would go to his bear spray if a bear showed up. And so that having that spray in the same location every day for years became a habit. And as this bear charged, instinctually, he reached for his bear spray chest harness and pulled out his can of bear spray, which is really good. This, again, is something he did right. He knew exactly where his bear spray was. He had built that habit of knowing where it was, and without even having to think about it, he reached for it. Which is what he needed since this bear's like hauling. Close, yeah. At this point, when he gets his bear spray, the bear's only 30 to 40 feet away, so about 10 to 15 yards or meters, and he removes the safety clip from the bear spray, and he sprays a couple seconds directly in her face. She's only 10 to 20 feet away by the time he gets the spray out. So she runs right through this cloud of spray, and he knows he's about to get attacked. So the momentum of this bear leads her right into him. She hits him, she attacks him, and he drops his can of bear spray. He falls to the ground, and the bear's on top of him. She bites him five or six times and then immediately leaves. So as, he, as she leaves, he hears this bear like woofing and snorting and coughing, and he's like, okay, the spray got her. You know, mm-hmm. She'd run through this cloud of spray, and likely what happened was just the momentum that she had 
she couldn't just like stop on a dime. So she hit him and still bit him a few times. But then that spray kicked in and she was like, "Okay, I'm out of here. This had only lasted about 10 seconds. It left him with some smaller bite wounds on his right arm and then a fairly serious bite on his right shoulder. So he stands up and he knows like, oh, I'm pretty lucky here. I just got attacked by a grizzly bear. He sounded like he's pretty stoked at this point. Like he's got a story. He got out of this pretty much he's unscathed. He's got a lot of adrenaline going. Yeah, he's got adrenaline. And he knew that he was fine. He's going to be able to walk out. He's going to be able to get treatment for these puncture wounds. The bear's nowhere to be seen, but he had last seen her running in the direction of where she had stashed her cubs. So he decides he's going to walk the trail out. Um, it's not the same direction the bear had gone, and he's feeling pretty good about it. So he's understandably pretty shaken, and as he's hiking out, he's kind of near a creek, and that obscures some of the noise, but he's really keyed in on all these noises, listening for any kind of noise. And he'd made it about a half mile down the trail when he hears exactly what he had been dreading. He hears the sound of snapping twigs and rustling brush behind him. He looks over his shoulder, and he sees the bears about 15 feet behind him and charging at Jeez. So he has no time to grab his bear spray or his gun. The bear immediately knocks him to the ground on his face, and she begins mauling him really violently this time. The enraged mother bear bites into his left arm, immediately crunches his ulna bone, snapping his tendons, and tearing through the muscle surrounding that bone. (sighs) The pain was really immediate, and so when she bit this bone and, and snapped it, he pulled his arm back and cried out, and that caused the bear, it triggered her to be even more furious and more violent, and she stood on top of him, jumped on his back, and then was biting him and slamming him into the ground while she was doing this. Wow. So like a really vicious neutralizing attack. This isn't an attack where it's necessarily trying to kill prey. It's an attack where it's just trying to beat the crap bones. out of him. And she's just slamming him into the ground. In the, just this brief moment, she bites him 25 times on his back, his side, his right arm. And during this really frenzied attack, one of her claws catches him above his ear and rips a five-inch gash in his face. And just fills his eyes with blood, which I thought about that. Like if you're being attacked by grizzly and all of a sudden you just have blood in your eyes and you can't see anything, you're probably like, oh, like she just ripped my scalp off or you don't know what's happening necessarily, but you know, it's bad because you can't see anything because your own blood is obscuring your vision. Yeah. That's never, that's it's not like you like to say your check engine lights on. Is it on at this point? No. Not yet. Not. Okay. Oh, you have to have your head, your head in its mouth. Once your head's in its mouth, there you go. <laughs> then you know you're in trouble. <laughs> so he felt like any movement that he made, the bear reacted to it, and it made her even more aggressive. That's when she broke his arm and like snapped all those tendons and stuff. So he decides to remain completely still and quiet and just endure whatever punishment where, she was going to dish out. That's where like the play dead advice kind of is true, it is. right? Once yeah. you're being attacked. Yep. So we'll we'll definitely get into that more, but again, he does the right thing here. He realizes that at this point, he doesn't have his deterrence anymore. He doesn't know what's happened to his gun. It's it's like gone. His bear spray's gone. He just has to endure this attack and he has to remain as neutral as a threat as possible. That's what think, this bear is trying to do. Do you think Coyote Peterson could stay still after this? Oh, man. Can you imagine his reaction? <laughs> yeah. After you, a bear if bite? If you're one of our subscribers, <laughs> Jeff just did an episode about uh, some YouTube. He's pretty dramatic yeah. about his stings. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> and then what's his name would go out and get bit by a bear and be like, that's not that bad. <laughs> Jack. <Yeah>. Jack. <laughs> All right. So he re- he decides to remain completely still, completely quiet. 
He's just going to go with whatever the bear's doing, which at this point, when a bear is actually mauling you and you think it's just a bear that's trying to neutralize a threat, is the right move. It's not the right move if it's a bear that's trying to eat you. It is the right move if it's just one that you've pissed off. Because she had cubs, because he surprised her, that's likely the situation here. So he's doing the right thing. So the differentiator there would be if this bear was trying to eat him, it would be more methodically kind of slowly if like it, ripping chunks yeah, and eating if, them. It's This is violent. Like this bear is trying just to like beat him up. If the bear was just sitting on him okay. and occasionally like ripping off chunks and eating them, then it's trying to eat you. At that point, you don't want to play dead anymore. At that so, point, you need to fight back. You've pretty much said he's done everything right to this point. Mm -hmm. I have a question about that, though. Like, he had already been attacked by a bear. So, shouldn't he have had, like, his bear spray or, like, pistol out? out? He had the bear spray in his hand. The second attack he did? the second attack. Did he spray? I think I forgot to say that. No, because by the time he noticed her, she was, like, 10 feet behind him. It was, like, too quick after he noticed. he didn't have time to even turn around. So, the gun or bear spray wouldn't have mattered. It was pointless at that point. Gotcha. And he thought he had gone the different direction from the bear. So he wasn't expecting it to be that quick of a thing again. Mm. We are going to talk about that as well. But once you're being mauled by a bear, your chances of using a deterrent are pretty low. There are people that have done it, but likely, like, I just saw the video of this, of the sub-adult bear that I was working with getting killed by one of the other bears. And this was like a 150-pound grizzly bear. Yeah. that This bear was just throwing around like it was a toy. Yeah. And I just watching that, I was like, if they can do that to another bear, what they can do to us is unreal. Like, I don't understand how anyone survives these things. It's probably like getting hit by a truck, which is like getting hit by a great white shark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is like yeah. getting hit by a four a buses of a bus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, that's good. he's getting just hit and hit and hit by this bear bit over and over and over again. And he decides to remain quiet. And at this point, he actually thinks he's going to die. The bear had just come back for a second round. He thought, okay, I got, I escaped the first one just fine, but this time she's going to kill me. It bites into his side and thankfully doesn't tear away. It just kind of releases its teeth and then it releases him. And in his peripheral vision, he could see her huge head right next to his. He could feel her claws digging into his lower back, but he stayed in the fetal position She was pushing her full weight into his body. He's curled up in a ball in the fetal position with his knees on the ground, and he could feel his knees pushing into the ground. So he's like turtle-shelled. Yeah, which is, I think, the best position for a bear attack, to have your your legs tucked under you uh, and your arms over your neck, and that's what he's doing. After about 30 more seconds of this, of her just pushing down on him, she finally takes her weight off of Todd and then retreats. Todd lays in the dirt. He looks around for the bear. She's gone. But he's wondering if she's simply checking on his on her cubs and then going to come back and hit him again. So he is really doubting that he's going to survive a third round with this bear. And he reaches up and he wipes his blood out of his eyes and he's looking for the bear and he's looking for his deterrence. So he's looking for either bear spray or the pistol. He can't see the bears, but he does see the pistol about 10 feet away lying in the dirt. During the second attack, it had been ripped out of its holster. The holster and the gun had been thrown about 10 feet. I bet you the bear did that on purpose. Yeah. Good. It, that's attack 101. Get rid of the bear spray. Get rid of the gun. Yeah. Do you think there's bears out there doing a podcast and they're like, so yeah. when you meet human a human, safety. first thing you do is get rid of their gun. You want to be 
at least 15 feet away before you charge if he's holding bear spray <laughs> in his hand. your cubs. <laughs> okay, so he sees his pistol. He immediately springs for it. He brings the hammer back. He whips around looking for the bear, thinking that this movement might have triggered her again. Still sees nothing. So he gets up to his feet. He picks up his pack and his hat, and he knows that he needs to get some distance between him and the bears. His arm is pretty much useless. His left arm's been, the bone's been shattered. So he kind of tucks it in. He puts his pistol in his holster, grabs his bear spray, and he starts walking out, bear spray in hand. He'd gone about a quarter mile when he stops to look at his injuries. And he's bleeding a lot, but not enough to indicate that he had ruptured like an artery or a major bloodway. But he is bleeding through his shirt. His tendons are sticking out of a hole in his left arm. uh, And he can hardly even move that arm at all. The blood soaking through his shirt and the blood on his head was drying out. And all in all, he's feeling pretty lucky. He realizes like, okay, I got attacked twice by this bear and I'm still able to walk out to my truck. Yeah, I guess. It is. I mean, he got really lucky. Silver lining, right? (laughs) It didn't go for his head. And I think a big part of that is because he was protecting Why was his it. head bleeding? It got like it one got claw ear. caught above his ear and like dragged across his, his head right Pretty there. Pretty good slash. But it, the claws aren't necessarily what you're worried about in a bear attack. It's much more the teeth. If it's biting your skull and biting your head, that's when you're in trouble. That's the old famous check engine <laughs> line. All right. So uh, it takes him about 45 minutes to get back to the trailhead. And when he gets there, his truck is still the only vehicle in the parking lot. But he knows it's a popular trail for hunters, bow seasons in full, in full swing, and he doesn't want anyone else to run into this bear. So he decides to write a note and put it up on the board of the trailhead just to warn everyone. So his left wow. arm's useless and his right arm's starting to really cramp up and he can't write a note. So he he finally gives up on this. I mean, I give him credit just I know. To, for thinking of He's, writing a note in that situation. This dude's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, dude, like awesome. a, all you need to do is write bear and do and like, like a bloody blood. hand yeah. print. I know, that's true. <laughs> that to me is much worse than like a note that was like at 8 p or 8 yeah. a.m. I was attacked by a grizzly <laughs> yeah, bear. Yeah. So he can't do this note. He decides to give up and call Fish and Game and just let them know what would happen or what had happened and just let them come up and close the trail. So him and his friends love to tell stories to each other about their exploits in the wilderness. So he decides that he's going to take some photos and take a little video selfie of what had happened because he knew that his story was probably going to take the cake. Like that unbeatable. Week. Yeah. yeah. No one was going to That beat week? Him. Maybe yeah. it's like forever. Yeah, probably. probably forever. <laughs> he takes a little selfie video that he like describes his wounds. He shows the blood on his face and talks about what had happened. And it later goes viral. It sucks in bear country. Just had a grizzly with two cubs come at me from about 80 yards. And uh, I spit out of her with bear spray. And then I went to, on my face and protected the back of my neck. She got my head good. I don't know what's under my hat. My ear, my arm, uh, pieces of stuff hanging out. I don't know what's going on in there. And then my shoulder is ripped up. I think my arm's broke, but legs are good. Internal organs are good. Eyes are good. I just walked out three miles, and I go to the hospital. So be safe out there. Very spray doesn't always work. But it's better than nothing. So I'd sent that video to you guys. Yeah. Jeff, do you want to explain it really quickly? Uh, yeah. So apparently he was attacked by a grizzly bear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been listening. <laughs> no. So he has like blood all over his head, and then he like shows his arm, and like you could see what Wes was just describing. Like it wasn't like a huge 
cut, but it was like a really deep gash Punch where you could kind of、yeah. like see the tendons in there.、Mm-hmm. Or yeah, a really deep puncture. That's a better、yeah. way to say it. And then like he shows you his shoulder, and you can't really see the wound, but you just see him like bleeding through his shoulder, almost like. In the movies, if like Vin Diesel got shot in the shoulder, that's、yeah. how it looks, you know. Yeah.、Uh, and then he's got his hat on. All right. So, Mike, <laughs> what would you say about his like general demeanor? His demeanor, if I wasn't seeing footage, I would not have expected really anything had happened to him. Right. It's amazing. He he's happy. Impressively calm. Yeah. Like he's just kind of like, so I just got attacked by a grizzly bear. Here's what happened. Here's my face. Pretty crazy, you know. He's like, "Oh, you, you got to watch out for bears." When it pans <laughs> down to his arm, I was, I just couldn't believe it. Looked like like a makeup artist on a、That's, set of、yeah. a horror film had done that. It、makeup. seems like he's like an actor, like in the yeah, makeup, yeah, yeah. and like he's、right. like, "Oh, I'm filming a bear yeah, scene. I just got mauled." You know,、yeah. <laughs> like that's his demeanor. And I do think that's a big part of the reason this story. Was so reported and, and made so many news outlets because he made this video where he's covered in blood and it's just kind of like, well, I got attacked、it's、by pretty, a bear. If you get attacked by an animal, try to make yeah, a video yeah, after. Exactly. Yeah. So he starts driving. He makes it a few miles down the road and he spots a rancher who's checking his mailbox on the side of the road. And he couldn't. <laughs> Todd at this point with his arms couldn't manage to roll down his window, but the rancher sees him, looks through the window, sees that he's covered in blood. And opens up his truck door to ask what happened. And Todd explains he's been mauled by a bear. He asks the rancher if he could call the hospital and let him know that he's on his way. And the rancher's like, "Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to give you a ride." <laughs> Good man. And Todd's like, "I've already bled all over my truck. I don't want to bleed all over your car. It's only ten minutes away. I'll be fine."、Oh, Todd so, like <laughs> just keeps going. The Samaritan calls the hospital for him. Todd continues down the road. On the way to the hospital, he calls his girlfriend. This was also really funny to me. They chat for like a minute about her morning plans before like, he tells she's、no. going to meet up with some friends and like do some shopping. And they're just kind of chatting and like having a nice little conversation. And then when she's done telling about it, her morning plans, she's like, "Oh, why are you calling me? Aren't you supposed to be on the top of the mountain?" And he says, "Well." I don't want to worry you, but I had a little run-in with a grizzly bear.、Oh, I have a broken arm and some puncture wounds and a gash on my head, and I'm headed to the hospital. And he's like, "If you're not too busy, could you bring me a change of clothes and a toothbrush?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like,、uh, "I just told you what I'm doing I'm going all day out with my friends. <laughs> like, I'm obviously busy."、Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, no problem, no problem." So, I'm really impressed by his how. Calm-headed he is about all this. It's almost weird how calm he was about all of it. He gets to the hospital.、Uh, X-rays confirm that he had a broken arm in his、uh, on his left arm. They get to stitching up his wounds. And so again, like listening to the story and seeing the video, you're like, okay, he got beat up a bit, but it wasn't that bad. He had seven to eight hours of two doctors. They spent that long just stitching him up.、Oh, it took probably resting their junk on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a total of twenty six <laughs> inches of wounds that needed to be stitched up. So he got pretty torn up. Wow, like, that's a lot. But a crazy thing is, by four thirty that same afternoon, he was released from the hospital. He had to make an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon to have his arm looked at the next day, 
And a, f- a weird thing for me is those first doctors that worked on him, they just like stuffed those tendons back in the hole and then stitched over them. I don't know. Oh. Is that how it works? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they weren't like orthopedic surgeons and they knew the orthopedic surgeon would have to reattach those. Oh, okay. So they were like, we're just going to stop the bleeding, put these in there and like make them safe by stitching it up. But they're going to have to deal with that later. Wild. Yeah. So over I guess the next, that kind of makes sense, but it is weird. Yeah. Over the next while, the surgeons got to working on his arm to repair the broken arm to stitch his tendons back together or reattach them, however, and um, give him full use of his arm. So through intense rehab, he's able to get his arm back in shape. He was even back out hunting that same fall. What? He no longer works for the Forest Service, but now he has a knife-making company called Skyblade Knives. Oh, cool. And I wanted just to include that because I like Todd. After watching all these interviews with him, reading about him, he was really level-headed. He had done pretty much everything right, and he just like seemed cool. He seemed like a cool guy. Uh, the fact that he was so calm about all this, it was really impressive to me. And it was kind of neat that he recorded a selfie it's while amazing. he was like bleeding. Yeah. What was the knife knife company? Uh, Skyblade Knives. Skyblade Knives. Yeah. Okay. Um, I use Skyblade Knives every day. All right. So that's the story. I did want to just briefly bring up uh, some of the reasons for the attack. So what did I want you to remind me of? Uh, the, he recorded his video after that. The hay bear thing. (laughs) So one thing that kind of struck me in this, in this whole thing, and I don't know if I would have done this differently, but it might've been a contributing factor to this bear deciding to charge him was that he got into this clearing and he said that he knew the bear recognized he was there as soon as he recognized she was there. And he still decided to call out hay bear. And, I'm not sure if that was the right move or not. So I'm just going to preface this with that. That could have been the right move. It could have let the bear know that, you know, even more so that he was there. But sometimes in these surprise encounters, if you know the bear's already noticed you and then you make a loud noise, it might lead that bear to think that you are a threat. So It seems like the hay bear thing's more just to, like, let the bear know you're You're there coming so if it sees you there's not really a point exactly so if i think more at that point if you see a bear rather than yell out you want to start just kind of talk to the bear and like that's for your own kind of mental well-being and to let the bear know that you're not a threat so but if you start screaming at it at that point it might decide that you're a threat interpret so in lost world or Uh i mean in jurassic world yeah all they had to do was like stick their hand out, kind of like the Raptors. force or like eleven yeah. in Stranger Things. Yeah, that doesn't work with. This. So I don't know. I do know. It was pretty convincing <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Okay. Yep. It does. Yeah, you no. can't just stick your hand out and no. tell them to stop. Uh, the other thing that we already mentioned is hiking alone early morning. You are just putting yourself at risk. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it is a much riskier way to hike. I do think this was a surprise encounter. It definitely wasn't a predatory attack. It was a female with cubs. Um, she was likely in hyperphagia, and there could have been a gut pile nearby. She was in hyperphagia, and there could have been a gut pile nearby. So those are some potential contributing factors to this attack that I thought we should talk about. Let's get into our ouchies before we get into kind of the backlash of this attack. Why don't you guys go first? What's your ouchie rating for this one? I think the first attack, I'll add one point because he already sprayed it with bear spray. 
So then he probably got some bear spray in his wound when it bit him. Good okay. point. Because it, it probably had some on his teeth. All Smart. Right. So that would put a little extra sting in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then getting jumped on. But like he walks out three miles and records a video. Yeah. So it's not as bad as our other stories. He's got tendons hanging out. I'm keeping yeah. it on tooth and claw rating. So yeah. everything's bad. I'm yeah. giving it a four. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to give it a six. For me... If you're attacked by a grizzly bear and you walk out, you did pretty good. You know, you did okay. Drive yourself to the hospital. Yeah, he did have a like a broken bone and some tendon injuries and some bad puncture bites. Twenty six inches of stitches is a lot. So I don't think this was a minor attack. I think it was a, still a major attack. But as far as grizzlies are concerned, he was really lucky. So I'm gonna give him a six. Six sounds right to me, because his left arm was messed up. It was it's messed up. It's just like a pulpy mess of gore. But I also think, I mean, hearing that detail about how long it took just to suture him up, that's a pretty intense attack. Yeah. And like, that was just the start of his road to recovery. You I know? think because he was so cavalier about it, it makes it harder to give him a higher rating. That could be too. But, and he hunted like a yeah. little bit later. Yeah. It wasn't a super long recovery, but he also seemed like he really charged into his rehab and like yeah. really went for it. This dude's tough. Todd Ort's a tough dude. Yeah, I like yeah. him. So that's our ouchies. I want to talk about the outcome of this attack. Because he had sprayed this bear and it came back and hit him again, a lot of people started saying bear spray failed Todd Orr. It was a big oh. it was a big tool and weapon for like anti bear spray people, which Believe it or not, they're out there to to really use against bear spray. And he, in all the interviews I watched with him, he credits bear spray with saving his life. He says, had I not sprayed her, I think that first attack would have been a lot worse. And he says, you know, it didn't work perfectly. Even in the video, he says, like, bear spray doesn't always work, but, you know, I yeah. think it helped. He credits bear spray with helping to save his life. But a lot of people that are more into guns really ran with this and said that, you know, that it's not as good of a tool as a gun. And it really ignited, reignited a firearms versus bear spray debate. And I've actually, I've personally had a lot of like gun nuts send me this story saying like bear spray is a terrible tool. Why are you telling people to use bear spray? I want to talk a little bit about why this happens. If you're not from the U.S., you don't really maybe understand, you probably do still from the news, gun culture in the U.S., which can get a little intense sure. to say it lightly and i think with the gun lobby and the nra and some of these pro gun pro second amendment organizations there's a lot of gun messaging in the u.s and a lot of it can be pretty toxic but people that are really into their guns like to think that that weapon is their best tool for any kind of life-threatening attack whether from people animals whatever like that a gun is the best possible thing and this story was actually used to strengthen gun legislation and like having people carry guns in the wilderness and just in general, which is kind of wild, but it's true. A little bit of an aside, I think guns can be a really valuable tool. I'm not necessarily anti-gun. I think that we should only be selling guns to people that should be able to have guns. I think we need to be more careful about who we give guns to in the U.S. But I use a 12-gauge shotgun with less lethal rounds to haze bears. I have lethal rounds with me when I'm in a really potentially dangerous situation. Sometimes I have that 44 Magnum with me. I've trained extensively with both. I've been qualified for, by the Park Service to carry both when I need to. 
Uh, they're tools that can stop a charging or aggressive bear. But I go to my bear spray first, and I always will. And that's what Todd did as well. And I want to talk about it a little bit. So do you guys, before we get into that, do you guys have anything you want to say about how you feel about guns or bear spray or anything like that? Just echoing your sentiments that there's nothing wrong with having a gun with you. You know, that's, it's a, um, in a sometimes a very like necessary tool to have with you in a situation yeah. like this. Yeah. Right. But I think in a, this situation specifically, it's like, I think you'd be kind of dumb not to have a gun with you. Not dumb. Dumb's the wrong word. Right. But it's smart to have another well, form of deterrent. It's a secondary deterrent. Yeah. You know, and that's how I treat them. Jeff, did you have anything you want to add before I get into my thing again? I would just say, like, you know, I'm a big gun guy. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you do have but a big gun. The pistols that are, like, really big ones, what are they called? The 44 mag. We oh, tried okay. shooting those. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big gun guy. I'm just saying for the <laughs> other people who don't know that. So they're 48 magnums. 44 mag. <laughs> 44 <laughs> magnums. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm a gun nut. But for people who don't know. But, no, we had one of those when we did our Black Bear stuff. And, like, I'm a pretty good shot with a rifle. Yeah. I was trying to shoot a thing of Kool-Aid or something. I don't remember. Like a bottle. Or, like, a we set, like, can a bottle. of pop. Yeah. Okay. And, like, I got, like, five feet away and still couldn't hit it. <laughs> it was, hard like, to shoot. so hard. And, like, bear spray just shoots such a huge cloud. Right. That, like... You can't really miss. It's got to be your go-to yeah. thing. And like, we'll, we'll talk about the bear spray. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really think... I think people just think having a gun is cool. Right. But it's just not like going to be like the main. Yeah. Like the best way. And in the sure. U.S., it's a really politically charged topic. And we're not going to get into the politics of it. We kind of did. I think you guys know my politics if you've listened to this podcast for a while. <laughs> I like uh, how Wes just like yeah. talked about it for like yeah, four minutes. I could have gone like, we a could've. lot harder yeah, we're on gonna, that. Like a lot. We're just going <laughs> to brush on it. Yeah. But. It was, this became a big talking point and it worked in his attack. So when Todd first sprayed this bear, the, like I mentioned, the momentum that the bear already had, he didn't, he got her at only like 10 feet. So she, she still made contact with him, but he escaped from that first attack with what we would classify in a bear attack as minor injuries. You know, he probably wouldn't even needed many sutures to fix those first ones. And I think what happened with the second attack is that he got really unlucky in that when this bear went over the ridge with her cubs, she headed a different direction and they kind of just met in a V. So I think as he walked down the trail, she was walking down, you know, on the other side of this ridge and they just happened to come across each other mm. again. And she was like, I tried to teach this dude and yeah, he's, he's still here and now he's in trouble, you know. And by then the initial like shock of the bear spray had worn off and she's ready to go again. So the main thing with bear spray is you're turning off the lights for that bear. When you hit them with bear spray, it chokes them, it blinds them, it clogs their nose, it makes it impossible to smell. It's turning off all of their senses, and it's such a shocking experience for them that they're going to get out of there. It's not necessarily like a really long-term thing. It's, you know, you need to get out of there too. It's not like, oh, I don't have to worry about that bear for another week. Like, that bear's going to be ready to go again here soon, and you want to get out of the area. And he was just so unlucky that they both happened to go the same direction. And that's what happened. Talking about how powerful a bear spray is real quick. Yeah. So my last patron episode was like 
insects stinging people and how bad it hurts. Yeah. And there's like a YouTube kid who had gotten stung by most of them. Uh huh. But he said like the most pain he's ever felt was pepper spray. Yeah. That's and, what Johnny Knoxville says too. Uh, bear spray is even worse than pepper spray. So. Well, it's well, the, same, it's the thing. same thing. It's just that it's aerosolized so it can get in so many more places. Like mm-hmm. when a cop hits you with pepper spray or something, it's like a squirt gun almost. Bear spray is aerosolized. It's like thin particles suspended in the air. So it's really bad for your pulmonary system. Like it gets into your lungs and it really hurts. I've walked into a cloud of it. It sucks. Yeah. Like it chokes you out. Probably tastes really bad too, right? Yeah. That's the worst part. (laughs) So I don't know why I agreed with that, but uh, I probably It's not the worst part. Yeah, it's not the worst part. (laughs) Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about what might have happened had Todd used his gun. And he even talks about this in interviews. He says, I'm really competent with my right, with my pistol, but a bear's head, the way it's shaped, where its, its skull is shaped, you can literally have your bullet ricochet off of its skull. It's not necessarily going to work. There's very few places where you can hit a bear where it's just immediately going to drop it. And I've seen videos of people shooting bears, unfortunately, where it just doesn't go down. And we talked about that in our last Patreon Grizzly episode. They got a few shots into that bear and it still mauled one of them enough to kill him. It broke the skin and lodged under its lungs or whatever, or spine. And And that was a 30 6 round. Like, that's a high caliber, high caliber. So, us gun guys, that's that's strong. Oh, yeah, for you gun nuts. Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) a strong one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You knew that, though. Uh, (laughs) So, the problem with a gun is that if you don't get a kill shot in that bear, it's charging you and you just hit it in like a spot where it doesn't kill it, you're probably going to piss it off a lot more. And then Mm. you're dealing with an injured bear that's a lot more angry at you than it would have been previously. So when people send you this story saying like bear spray doesn't work, can you send them one's stories of people using a gun and be like, well, look at this. So what I, perfect segue, what I send them is a study. And the study was done by my mentor, Tom Smith. He's one of the main guys that's written about bear spray and done studies on bear spray. And specifically, he's looked at both bear spray and firearms and how they've worked in encounters with bears. Oh, he like looks at actual encounters mm-hmm. that have happened? Yes. Yeah, so he analyzed, I want to tell you some of his research findings. Uh, he analyzed 197 people that use bear spray in 75 different incidents. So of 197 people in bear incidents... Only 2% that use bear spray sustain slight injuries caused by grizzlies. That's like what his first attack would be considered slight injuries. And in those 2% that were injured that use bear spray, it was because the bear bear already had that much momentum and it still made contact with them. But as soon as it actually realized that it had been sprayed, it took off. 98% of the people in this study that he did that use bear spray were uninjured. Now, if you're looking at firearms... So bear spray had a 93% success rate in stopping or altering the bear's behavior. Firearms had a 75% success rate. There was stories involving 444 individuals. There were 17 fatalities and 35 severe injuries. So the other one had two slight injuries or 2%. So like probably three or four people with slight injuries. Firearms had 17 fatalities and 35 severe injuries. So it's like you're much more likely, based off this research, to be injured if you're using a firearm to defend against a bear than bear spray. I will play devil's advocate a tiny bit here where I'm sure like some of our gun listeners will think this is like if he did use his gun and kill it, there's no second attack in this case. Right. But if he did use his gun and didn't kill it, 
Maybe the first, the first attack, attack might have been fatal. That's a good point. Right. So I, the other thing I wanted to bring up about all this data, and Tom does get a lot of like devils, devil's advocates or just devils <laughs> that mm. charge him on this, you know, that say like, how come you're not including like the literal death? No, I'm just saying people <laughs> that aren't playing devil's advocate, they actually are like yeah, yeah, upset yeah, about it. People that say like, how come you're not including data from a bear that's like in someone's yard and they step out their door and shoot it with their rifle? And it's because those people were never threatened by the bear. His data looks at people that were in threatening situations with bears and decided to use either bear spray or firearm. And according to his data, bear spray is much more effective. And the main thing I wanted to bring up is you don't have any dead bears. So not only are people much more likely to survive the instance or the encounter, but the bears are going to survive it too. So it's really a win-win. I think the biggest downside to going to your gun before your spray is that you might kill that bear. And it's like in this case, it's a bear that's just being a bear. It's trying to protect its cubs. This is natural bear behavior. You don't need to kill that bear. If that happened in Yellowstone, we wouldn't track that bear down and try and remove it. It's just doing what it does naturally. This guy was out hiking alone. He's taking some risks. That bear just taught him a lesson, you know, and that's like what they do. So if you use your bear spray instead of a gun, you're also saving bears. Save the bears. Yeah. Save the bears. A couple tips. Jeff brought up how bear spray works. A few things about bear spray that I want to teach you guys, and we're going to get into like more bear safety here in a second. But as far as bear spray goes, a few things that you guys should learn. Always keep it really accessible. So don't put it in your pack. Don't put it somewhere where you can't just immediately get it out and draw it. So I carry mine on my hip. Another good thing are these chest holsters like he had. Those are two great places to keep your bear spray. Keep it in the same location every time you go out. Because if it's always like for me, it's always on my right hip. Every single day I'm at work, my bear spray is on my right hip. So I don't have to think about it anymore. I know what's there. I'm ready to grab it. So that's what happened with Todd. He reached for it without even knowing that he was reaching for it. Practice with that safety tab. So the tab on the front has like kind of this little swoop. You put your thumb in front of that tab and kind of push it back and up. And that pops that safety tab right off. When the safety tab's on there, you can't spray it. So go ahead and practice with it. Pop it off. Carefully push it back on. And then if you're going out in grizzly country, do that at least 10 times before you go out just so you're ready to use it and you know how to use it. Don't If you practice, don't have it pointed at you. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful with it still. And then that leads right into the next point. Don't test your spray. Sometimes people want to do a little spray test with it. As soon as you spray it, it starts losing head pressure. It's not going to be as effective as it would be otherwise. And that residue kind of builds up on the nozzle and you're going to get some on your fingers and get it in your eyes and stuff. And it's really nasty. It's a one-time use product. Like if you ever end up spraying it, I'd get rid of it and get another can. It sprays for about six to seven seconds and you can get multiple sprays out of a can. But after you've had an, an encounter, an event with your bear spray, then get rid of that can. Gotcha. When you do spray it, how far does it go? About 30 feet. 30 feet. Once the bear's at 30 feet, you should start spraying. And this leads into what I was going to say next. Aim it a bit low. So kind of aim it toward the ground. Uh, Not right at the ground, but lower than the bear. And put a cloud in between you and the bear. You're going to do a short burst of like one to two seconds. And that aerosolized like bear spray, it's going to kind of raise up in the air as you spray it. Uh, And that puts this wall in between you and the bear. So you're not necessarily trying to like get the bear in the face. You can if it's close enough, but you're trying to put 
a barrier between you and the bear with the spray. So you can even kind of like do a little wiggle motion to like spread it out a little bit more, but just get that bear spray in between you and the bear. How long does it stay like it like the air? like when I told you I walked through that cloud, it had been like 10 minutes mm. since I sprayed oh, and it wow. still choked me out. For a bear though, you want it to be like you want them to pass through that within a second or two. Okay. And then if it's closer, just get it right in the face. Mm. But when it's at like 30 feet, you're just trying to get the spray in between you and the bear. There are a lot of places that sell inert cans that are filled with like an alcohol solution that you can just practice with. And then there are some nonprofits that also will like, you can show up and they'll just let you use those. At the park, we have some of those too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's good to know. Okay. So that's a bit about bear spray. Are you guys, do you guys need a break from bear safety or should we go into some bear safety too? Uh, what else is there to talk about? I was about? thinking with bear spray, have we talked about doing, making them for kids? Uh, I don't And just know. like having like little cartoons on it and just <laughs> give it to kids. I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> each have like collectibles yeah, and each one has smart. like a new theme and yeah. you can like have a little kid version. I don't think we want kids to think it's a toy. Uh, and also- Make some money. Just so, yeah, good. <laughs> For you folks out there that aren't really familiar with it, just remember that it's not bear deterrent. So you're not like spraying something with it to like like bug spray keep them away. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have a good idea for like the people who want guns instead of bear spray. Uh huh. Why don't you just make bear spray shaped like a gun? Yeah, that's not a terrible idea. Like a machine gun bear spray. Yeah. Okay. They'd be stoked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could even make like a bullet out of you're condensed. A gun, you're a gun nut, Josh. Oh, yeah. Would you uh, love uh, that? You'd love nut. that, dude. What kind of gun would you want it to look like? 60 aught. A, a 60 aught. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Bazooka. Wait, is it aught or yacht? Aught, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ot. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend yeah. to know anything. <laughs> Jeff knows his stuff. So typically, this is where we would just launch into our categories, but. I kind of want to do something special this time and talk about bear safety. We've talked about it a lot, but it's June. People are going out. I want to do like a bear safety 101. And this can be an episode then that you can like bookmark or highlight and come back to if you can't remember what we've talked about in other episodes about bear safety. I'm going to try and bunch it together here in kind of a really easily digestible format. First and foremost, there are three things that you can remember in any bear situation They're going to work regardless of the species, regardless of the situation you're in. These are the three most simple things that no matter what, you can do these three things. We're going to get into some nuance after this. But if you're going to remember one thing from this whole talk, these are the... I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you're going to remember, remember one, one thing, thing. Remember these, these three things. things. Exactly. That That's what you're about to I say. I was about to say that. <laughs> uh, if you're going to remember one set of advice from this whole thing, remember, remember this Remember one, three things. Yep. Here you go. <laughs> okay. Those three things. Get your bear spray out and get it ready. So that means pulling the safety off and aiming it toward the bear. Group up and slowly back away. Those three things work regardless of the species regardless of the situation if you do those things you're greatly increasing your chances of not getting injured and surviving the encounter get your bear spray out and get it ready group up slowly back away so just remember those things but the rest of this is all some nuancey stuff i know you guys are like at what distance does that apply uh any distance when you see the bear i mean if you see it like 
You might as well get it 400 out. 400 yards away, you don't need a back. No, away. then you can like sit and watch. If it's like not on the trail. Right. Okay. But like if you're nervous about a bear attack. That works. These things are going to work. Okay. Okay. So all of those are important. Getting your bear spray out and getting it ready. Obviously, that's getting your deterrent ready to stop the bear if it does come at you. Grouping up. They don't like groups of people. It's much more intimidating to them to handle multiple animals rather than just one animal. They really don't attack groups of two or more. And then slowly backing away, you never want to run. You never want to um, trigger that predatory instinct. I used to tell people to stand their ground, and there are situations we're going to talk about where you should stand your ground. But slowly backing away is a good thing in case the bear might have cubs or a carcass that it's defending. Then you need to get out of that area. So I like to tell people just to slowly back away. Okay, the rest. There's a lot of other things we can talk about. There are certain bear biologists that like to educate based on behavior rather than species. I still prefer a species-based education when you're talking about attacks because in my experience, black bears and grizzlies act very differently. If you live in the U.S. or North America and you don't spend much time in places where grizzlies live, you probably still live around black bears. So we're going to start with black bears. If you encounter a black bear on a trail, you're out in the wilderness, in a neighborhood, whatever, Make noise, hold your ground, watch the bear and see where it's heading. If it's heading like in your direction, but it's not necessarily paying attention to you, maybe just get off its path and let it pass by you. But when you first just see it and you encounter one, you see a bear, make some noise, let it know you're there. This is a black bear. Watch it. Don't ever run. Get your bear spray out. Get ready. If it charges you with a black bear, hold your ground and spray it if it gets within 30 feet. You're going to want to yell. You're going to want to make yourself seem really intimidating. You're going to want to throw things at it. You're going to want to be really dominant with a black bear, always. If it's following you really quietly, so if you're being followed by a black bear or like stalked by a black bear, it's probably interested in you as a potential meal. This is a bear that might be predatory. In that case, you're going to want to get really aggressive and really dominant. Once again, you're going to hold your ground. You're going to get your bear spray out. You're going to use it on it if it gets within 30 feet. You're going to throw stuff at it. You're going to do whatever you can to discourage that bear. This is a worst case scenario with a black bear. This is the only situation where you really have to worry about them is when they're following you and they're not really relenting. At that point, you just have to give it a reason to stop. You need to convince it you're not an easy meal. So whatever you can to do that, do it. If a black bear actually makes contact with you, if you're being attacked by a black bear, you fight back. Always. Never go into the fetal position. It's not trying to neutralize a threat. It's probably trying to eat you. You need to fight back. So fight back with black bears. Okay. We're going to transition to grizzly bears. If you encounter a grizzly bear, say you're just out hiking, you see a grizzly bear, we're going to say it's at 100 yards or 80 yards like Todd. Again, group up, get your bear spray ready, slowly back out of there. You might want to talk out loud to the bear, let it know that you're there. People always say, let it know that you're human. It doesn't really matter. Just let it know that you're not like <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. Talk to it. If it charges you, if you're charged by a grizzly bear, at that point, stop backing up. Hold your ground. It's probably a bluff charge, and by you holding your ground, it's going to peel off of its charge. So hold your ground if it charges you. Get your bear spray out. Get ready. Again, group up. But that's what you're doing. You're going to spray it if it gets within 30 feet. Uh, that's what you do with grizzly charge. If a grizzly actually attacks you, it's on top of you. It's mauling you. At that point, you can go into the fetal position and play dead. So you're going to want to do what Todd did. Some bear scientists like to say lay out flat. 
And if the bear flips you over, like flip back onto your stomach and that prevents it from flipping you over. I don't, I think they can flip you over no uh, matter yeah. what, you know, <laughs> mm. I think so. they can flip over like 400 pound boulders. They can flip you over. No problem. And that's a good animal yeah. Olympic. Yeah. Much category. more than 400 pounds, probably Boulder. like 2000 pound boulders. Yeah. Um, so you laying flat, isn't going to stop a grizzly bear from flipping you over. Your main thing is protecting your soft parts. So you go into the fetal position, put your hands over your neck, be like your stomach should be down. You can tuck your knees under. And if it does flip you over, just flip back into that position. Mike called it turtling. I hadn't ever heard that before. I, I don't like know that that's a thing. Did you I don't just think yeah. of a turtle? Yeah, just, turtling, yeah. He said thought, it like it was a thing. The imagery reminds me. I yeah. thought turtling is when you have a poop that's coming out and you <laughs> really have to go. I thought it was a breakdancing yeah. move. Well, uh, there's plenty of ways to... If you have a backpack on, leave it on because the bear's going to rip into that first. Mm. But I just want to stress that if you go into the fetal position, at that point, you're allowing the bear to make the decision of how that encounter is going to end. If it wants to maul you to death at that point, it's going to. If it wants to eat you, it's going to. You've given up your deterrence. You no longer have any control. So I would only go into the fetal position after I've like exhausted my spray or if my spray has been knocked away or if I don't have a gun or anything else, then I'll go into it. But at that point, you're surrendering control to the bear and that's not a good position to be in. What about pulling on its ears? Uh, it could help. I mean, at that point, you know, <laughs> I don't think you should. Cause again, like in Todd's, when he moved, it kept going. Yeah. But if it's fetal, if it was starting, like we talked about, if it started eating you, then you got to fight back. Yeah. And sure. Then probably pull, go pull for its, its eyes before his ears. Maybe. Though. I don't know. They kind of have like a bony plate behind their eyes. So if you like try poking a bear's eyes, it's just going to kind of squirt around. Uh, it's going to be really hard for you to actually like puncture it. It does suck cool. to have your ear pulled on it really does. hard. Uh, I think you're onto something here. Okay, so worst cases with grizzlies are like an injured bear, a bear on a carcass, or a female with cubs. Those are the bears that you really don't want to run into. Mm. A couple quick other things before we wrap this up. People often ask about tree climbing. We've always traditionally said, like, no, don't do it. If I, again, if I was like out of options with the grizzly bear and I had a tree nearby and I didn't have it to turn or something, I'd probably do it. Yeah. But that's, again, a last-case scenario. Um, and they can climb they a tree, can. right? They can. And if it does decide to climb the tree, It's more of screwed. the black bear thing, but it's like a grizzly could it climb could. it. could. They okay. climb. For a black bear, it's like they can run up a tree. And grizzlies, it takes them a little bit longer. But if that grizzly decides it really wants to get you and you're up a tree and it climbs up, you're screwed. You got to find a hornet's nest yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, uh, what are they in Hunger, Hunger Games? Games. Tracker yeah. Jacks. Tracker Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> or a vine to swing away on. That's always a good uh, yeah, thing, yeah, too. Yeah. That's with grizzlies. Never, ever even consider it with a black bear. They're much better climbers than you, and they'd be perfectly capable of taking you out in a tree. Another thing I wanted to quickly bring up, if you like are hiking and you see a grizzly and it doesn't notice you, you might have the idea of like, oh, I'm going to sneak around this bear. I'm going to like go into the woods. Like Say it's on the trail. And you think, okay, I'm going to go out in the woods and kind of sneak around it and get back on the trail. It's a bad idea because they know what sneaking is. And for them, when something's sneaking around in the woods, it means it's trying to attack them and they don't like that. So if you're sneaking around and like kind of being all careful in the (laughs) woods by a bear and it notices you there's a much higher chance it's going to charge you. Also, like what if you're getting in between it and cubs that you don't see or something? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you want to let it know that you're there. So you're um, supposed to just wait if a bear's close to the trail. If I yeah, say I saw a bear on the trail and it doesn't see me, I'm gonna put my arms up and I'm gonna be like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna scream at it or anything. I'm gonna let it know it's there that I'm there. If it charges me, I'm gonna spray it. But it's probably gonna notice me and take off. Mm. You know, like 99 times out of 100, that's what's gonna happen. But you want to let it know it's that you're there, and then and then you can make your decision based off of its behavior. Right. My final thing. I know this is going on, but like my final thing with this, camping. So if you're camping, the main things to think about are what you're doing with all your scents, like your food, toothpaste, all of that stuff. The really important thing is to cut down on scent, put your food in a secure location, whether that's like in a bear box, in one of those canisters hung from a tree. Make sure that bears don't have access to your food. And if you are attacked in a campsite by either species, like say a bear collapses your tent or does try to get you in a campsite, you fight back. doesn't matter the species. That's a predatory motivated attack. You need to fight back. It's not just like a surprise encounter that bears trying and to if get you, food. If you're backpacking, so like you can't bring a bear box, so you just hang the food in a tree. Yeah, they do sell these like bear bags and bear canisters and stuff. A lot it, of people wrote us about like your sack or yeah, something. Yeah, you can put your food in those and they do cut down on scent and they're a little harder for the bear to get in. Mm. But what I recommend is putting all of your food in one pack and then hanging it from a tree branch where the bear can't get to it. That can be really tricky. So if you well, can't... And if the bear got it, then you don't have any food because it's all in that one. It's a lot better than getting mauled by a bear, though. That's true. But for me, if I can't find a tree to hang it in, what I'll do is put it all in one pack and take that pack like a few hundred yards from my camp and stash it somewhere. Mm. Because you might be sacrificing all your food, but if a bear does get into it, it's not then right in your campsite. And it doesn't associate your campsite with food. Sorry, that's a lot of information, but I did want to do this one-on-one. So I hope you guys learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, Russ. Yeah. All right. So we're back. We're going to do our categories. We've done our favorite pop culture grizzly probably like 10 times. Mm. So we're skipping that. We're running out. I still want to do a favorite. And since we talked about the Jurassic movies, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite moment is from one of the Jurassic sequels. Okay. So like Jurassic World and the... Lost like, World and Lost Jurassic World, Park Jurassic 3. Park 3, and all the Jurassic World movies. So I'm going to... Both of mine are from Jurassic World. Okay. But I love, like, the raptors and the tall grass. I thought that scene was, the like... The Lost World. Lost World. Yeah. Lost World, yeah. sorry. Yeah. What That's I one of my favorite. You said Jurassic World. Uh, no. That's one of my favorites, movie. too. Like, them jumping up in the <laughs> yeah, air and so stuff. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, but my, my pick's going to be when the T-Rex pulls the guy out from the cave behind the waterfall and then, and then the him. waterfall like turns red and all the people are just like in there watching it yeah i like that part too not like, the gymnastics part where it kills <laughs> the raptor <laughs> yeah uh my favorite part is in Kelly. actually jurassic park 3 which i actually recently rewatched and didn't hate okay i watched the first movie when i was really young and my dad was like well let's read the book then because i think you'd like it yeah and I got really excited about the part when they're going through the huge atrium dome. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that would have been really cool to see in the movie. So when the third movie came out and they do go to a dome mm-hmm. like that, I got really excited. And I just think flying dinosaurs have been underrepresented the in these movies. pterodons are cool in that so, part. Yeah. yeah. Wait, but you have to say a kill, right? Wasn't just that a, a favorite moment. Oh, yeah. okay. My bad. I always just think kill you when love you kills. say that. You're always yeah. thinking about killings. <laughs> uh, my favorite... I have a lot, 
but most of mine come from Lost World as well. I really like Lost World. I think it's like a darker, kind of grittier take on the whole thing. But I love the part where the T-Rex is in San Diego. Yeah. It's just fun. Mm. Like, that's what I wanted this movie to be, the most recent one. Just like a T-Rex killing people left and right. It's like a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So I think specifically the part where this guy like is trying to run into like a movie store and then the T-Rex like grabs him by the door and munches him in front of like a bunch of other people. I love that part. All right. So our next category we're going to do is Anaconda scale for Todd Orr. I'm giving him, I'm giving him a mix of the good things about John Voight and the good things about Ice Cube. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is just getting complicated. Well, John Voight was like prepared. Sure. And, and had all the skills, but he was like egotistical and bad. And Todd Orr wasn't egotistical, but he was prepared. And then he was also like kind of a hero like Ice Cube. So I'm just giving him good, good marks. It seems like the only thing you could say he did wrong was being out there alone, which yeah. isn't necessarily like wrong. It just no. would be smarter to have another person. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like nah, it's not Ice Cube. It'd be J-Lo. Ice J-Lo. Cube doesn't want to be there. That's true. He wanted yeah. to be there. Maybe he's just a J-Lo then. I think J-Lo he's just was J- because prepared. J-Lo is prepared, but she wanted to be there. Yeah. Right. Okay. J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo. Yeah. A, a true J-Lo. Jeff, you had a new category you wanted to try. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking it'd be funny to have a category that's just called best Instagram picture. Okay. (laughs) So, like, if they got a picture of this, what would be, like, the craziest picture? Oh, of, like, the entire... the whole thing. Yeah. I think it'd be crazy, like, the bear running through the bear spray and hitting him. Okay. I would say, like, where it was slamming him into the ground repeatedly... Yeah. ...would be my favorite. So, the detail that I always think of or at least think is really interesting is when a bystander who has no idea what just happened all of a sudden gets involved so i think a good picture would be the rancher the rancher who opens the door and sees the guy and his eyes are just all big i think that'd be <laughs> yeah, kind of a fun moment like to that. catch okay we'll see if that category sticks sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah, stick like it? We'll let see. us know all right so our next category one that has stuck around what would mike and jeff do yeah i'm going off the same train of thought there Mm -hmm. where like i i love that he like documented the attack right after Uh and just like showed us what happened but i think i would have done it as the bear was mauling me the second time been yeah started like taking a video of it (laughs) as it was mauling me and like (laughs) described like it's biting my arm it just broke my arm (laughs) and like given the whole description he gave but like as the attack was happening that's the only thing i would play by play he seemed right. like he was calm enough to have done that. I yeah. wonder why he didn't think to do that. that it would have gotten more viral. Probably. So, Mike, what are you doing? So, here? you gave an interesting detail about wearing a backpack because uh-huh. you keep that backpack on because that's where the bear is going to get you. <laughs> yeah. You so, I would, I would wear a backpack on my back, of course, <laughs> yeah. one on my front, <laughs> and then like probably a couple on my legs over the what groin area. Neck? Yeah. Like anywhere what would you put in there. Um, not bowling balls because they can bite break through those. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know, like extra strong bowling balls, I guess. (laughs) Bowling balls made out of steel. Cool balls. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess I don't really need to go into what you actually do because we just talked about it for like an hour. Sure. But But um, you can just say ours are wrong and then move on. You guys are wrong. (laughs) Mike's is kind of maybe getting into something, but I don't know. 
So I have a new category too. How many like backpacks Ooh. do you think a bear would like pull off until it's like okay, I give up? It's like one of those Russian <laughs> nesting dolls. Yeah. Patricia dolls. How many backpacks are there? <laughs> yeah. All right. So my new category is called "Did Mike and Jeff Listen?" Oh no. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys some questions about the story to see if you listened and about the discussion. Uh, Mike, you're getting the first question. What should you do if you are being quietly followed by a black bear? You want to stay your ground and be extra aggressive because that is most likely a predatory situation. And you want to be extra aggressive and show that you're not easy prey. Good job. Jeff, name three of the most dangerous situations you can find yourself in with grizzly bears. Oh, the number one thing of three things? Uh, no. no. <laughs> three of the most dangerous situations you can find yourself in with grizzly bears. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't listening, but I knew this already. Okay. So if you're by like a gut pile. Carcass. Carcass, yeah. yeah. And then if it's a female with cubs. Okay. And if it is... Is it the uh, preparing for denning season? What is that called? Injured was the third one. Oh, uh, injured. If a bear is injured. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can think of way worse situations than like that. Like in a cage match? <laughs> like in an airplane one gets loose? <laughs> bears like, on the do? plate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of these motherfucking bears. <laughs> it's like all like eight types of bears. That's it. That'd be a great movie. No one noticed them until the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until the plane starts going down. All right. Uh, Mike, when should you play dead? Um, After, so never with a black bear. Good. With a grizzly bear, you play dead once your deterrents are no longer in play and it's on top of you. And Perfect, Mike. Really? Okay. You're really listening well. I tried. I missed mine. Uh, you did pretty good, Jeff. Mine was okay, like three I'm questions. about to ask you the <laughs> other three fair. things. What are the three things that will help in any oh, bear encounter? The one three things. Yep. Uh, you gotta take. You gotta get your bear spray ready. Uh huh. You want to slowly back up. Yep. And you want to be in a group. Yep. Perfect. Mike, these last two are a little bit harder. What city in Montana is Todd Orr originally from? Oh, it's not. He's not from Ennis, is he? Yes. He, he is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jeff. With the P in front of it, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. What that's is so the funny. name of Todd Orr's knife company? Uh, I use it every morning. Uh, <laughs> to, what, no, I forget. Skyblade. Skyblade. Yeah. I was thinking cloud. This uh, Most of these articles from like 2016 or 17, so who knows if he's still cool. even making them. But It's right. funny you asked me that one because you told us Skyblade. And then I like forgot it and I was like wanting to make a joke about it, but I couldn't remember the name. Yeah. And then you said the name again. And then, and I, then yeah. I forgot it again. Mike, you win this round. Skyblade sounds like the kind of product you would hear about and you'd be like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And then it's just like a scooter a or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like some tech bro invented yeah. a new Segway and it's like, really? Yeah. That's what we're calling. Okay. Whatever. Segways are sweet, dude. Uh, Jeff, you got questions? <laughs> are they? <laughs> Listener questions? Yeah. You know that the founder of Segway yeah, died. He segwayed right off a cliff, right? <laughs> yeah. In a safety demonstration to show like how <laughs> oh, safe no. they are, and he segwayed off a cliff. All right, Wes. So this is patron questions, mm -hmm. and this is from Carly, and she says, "Hi, hi. I'm super excited for the new Jurassic World movie, <laughs> oh, and had a related question for the pod." 
If each of you were characters in the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World universe, who do you think you would be? Hmm. I think I've always most identified with two characters, Timmy and Dr. Grant. Mm. So I'm going to say Timmy just to like, I don't think I'm as smart as Dr. Grant. I'm going to say Timmy. Just like kind of know a lot. I know a lot about dinosaurs, but mostly I'm just there because I'm excited to see dinosaurs. That makes sense. I'm going with Nedry for me. (laughs) He's like like a computer dork and eats candy all day. Nedry flashed through my mind because really he's just trying to rob money from a big corporation that's like soulless and is like trying to exploit wildlife. And so he's kind of the hero in a way. I'm going, I'm going (laughs) the lawyer. Oh, Gennaro. Gennaro. Because like. I feel like everyone else there's like, this is stupid. You can't have this. Yeah, and, and he's I'd like, be like, this is, like, the best this thing is ever. awesome. Yeah, like, we're gonna make so much money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that'd be my first thought it's a for good point. sure. You yeah. know. Yeah. So I mean, if he if it doesn't get sabotaged, like it'd be you a cool also place. Ha- when you gotta go to the bathroom, you gotta go. I yeah. gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Okay, this is from Chris Hall's son. If you could choose any animal, what would it be? Or wait, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could choose any animal, what would it be, Mike? Is that the real question? <laughs> no. If you okay. could choose any animal, what would you be? And then what is each of your favorite hero, Marvel or DC? And mm. would you be a combined animal and superhero? Okay. Okay. So he's well, asking if we could be any animal, what would we be? Yeah. Okay. I'm being a flying animal, like a raven or a, or an eagle or something like that. Yeah, I think we've done this once. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I'm that's a sea okay. turtle. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Mike? Yeah, I'll pick just, what's that super fast falcon? Peregrine? Peregrine. Peregrine falcon. That'd yeah. be sweet. And your favorite superhero? This kind of works on both fronts of that question because I love Wolverine. Yeah, Ooh, so he's kind a of a pick. he's kind of an animal superhero. So yeah. there you go. Wolverine's cool. Be, well, we all know. It's obvious why Wolverine's cool. I think Wolverine's yeah. my favorite too. Like really? as a kid, he's the only one that I ever like drew pictures of yeah. and like was really really into. I was going to say Batman, but I think it's Wolverine. It's Wolverine. I like Spider-Man just cuz he's like a high school student and I just think like high school is a really fun setting for yeah. like a superhero to be. I think in. it's a perfect setting for yeah. one. Um all right, and then on to our Instagram question. Cool. From Zane J. Wall, if a panda had a favorite restaurant, what would it be? Panda Express. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Can't be that. There's a bamboo. What's a bamboo? Is there like a bamboo chain? I don't know. Well, I mean, nothing against Panda Express. It has the animal in its name. Yeah. Well, there's much better Chinese food. Yeah. I don't think, like, I wouldn't, I don't go to Smith's because my last name is Smith. Okay, fair enough. Know? Or Michael's for but my if you were, crafts. If you were suddenly like scrapbook, say goods. you're a human that was thrust into like some new world, and like there was a a bunch of different like weird restaurants, and then one was like human food or human express. Hmm. Wouldn't you be like that? Is oh, a that's probably argument. the restaurant for me. Nah, I don't know. I like to be a little more adventurous. Right. I'd like to think well, P.F. Chang's. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Roth Groves. If you made a rock band, what animals would be in it, and what instruments would they play? Uh, octopus on the drums. Yeah, oh, that's we a good all, for sure. I was gonna say the exact same uh, thing. I'm probably putting like a wolf on lead vocals. Oh yeah, I was yeah. thinking whale. Okay, I like that whale too. I'm gonna vocals. put octopus on the keyboard. That's all a right. good pick too. I don't know though. I don't know about my other picks. 
Let's see what else we have. I'd put a penguin on the bass guitar because I, I like, like slap. Yeah, slap, slap like a bass. funky bass. I'm going to have an alligator as my singer, just like open its mouth super big when it's like doing like the big notes, you know, and okay. just look cool. I think I like the whale for the singer. I'm pick whale. I'll do, if your band has a maraca player, I'll put it as a rattlesnake. Yeah. Yo. I think I want a tarantula for the guitar player. Okay. Yeah. That's my band. All right. So from Logie Bear, if you don't touch your wiener when you pee, do you have to wash your hands after? Nope. I'm a fan. I'm a big proponent of that question. Do you do that a lot? I if I if like no, but even okay. Let's get a, a little. Answer. Let's get a little personal here. <laughs> like I, that yeah. seems like you always. I personally think if you're peeing, if you like are peeing standing up and you have a wiener and you touch, I think even if you touch your wiener, you don't necessarily need to wash your hands. As long as you don't get pee on them, yeah. you're saying. How Jeff? I mean, we're gonna get a little personal. Is your skin? There's got to be multiple times during the day that you like touch your wiener if you're like scratching or something, or you touch different parts of your body, your armpit, whatever. Mm. That you don't just rush to the like and wash your hands. For me, it's like if you get pee on your hands, you gotta wash your hands. What? Yeah, really? I, I still generally wash my hands no matter I, what. I think, but I do think it's kind of stupid. I think it's like a good thing to just be washing your hands a lot in general, right? Yeah, but I don't think you're getting your hand dirtier if you don't get any pee on it, right? If I touch, if there's like a bar I have to touch or anything in the bathroom I have to interact with, I'm washing my hands. But if I simply walk up to a urinal and all I touch is skin, and then I walk out. I don't feel like I've contaminated anything. There's parts of your body that have greater concentration of bacteria. Yeah, but though. haven't they done like studies and shown that your nether regions aren't necessarily those parts? I'm going to yeah, say, okay, like, cool study. I'm going to wash my hands. Do you wash like, your hands every time you like scratch the inside of your nose? I would. Because I mean, there's probably ideally, a lot of bacteria. Sure, right? but or like, every time you touch your phone that's like covered in bacteria. I don't know what you guys do with your phones, but <laughs> mine's pretty clean. It's a good question. I like that. I question. wash. I wash my hands every single time, regardless of the situation. With soap? Yeah. You don't ever just rinse. Them? I feel like I'm going crazy right now. What is happening? <laughs> For number two, I'm with you. For number one, I'm like fifty-fifty. Good gravy. A lot of times, I disavow myself. In the fifty that I'm not, a lot of times I'm just rinsing. At least 90% of the time, my hands, I'm like at least rinsing, but sometimes it's just quick rinse. And it's just the one hand you used. Yeah. All uh, right. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea how to say this one. She like works with owls in Montana. What would your entrance song be if you were a professional wrestler? Song two by Blur. That's a good one. Yeah. It's really good. Or Drain You by Nirvana. Is that the one playing in the new Batman all the time? No. That's mine. That'd be kind of sad one, one to come. Uh, something in the way. Yeah, that's the one I would want. Yeah. I'll go. Baby There's, Shark. Yeah, Baby Shark's a good <laughs> pick. But I think it, that's second place behind. There's a song called Crooked by a band called Dealer. They're a metalcore band out of Australia. And that one, that'll get you going, I think. Song 2 by Blur is kind of, it's a little cliche. It's, it's yeah. not a great pick, but it's still my favorite song for that. Okay, from Larissa Finky, which animal has the cutest butt? Oh. I'm going to just go with a classic, I think. Humans? Rabbit. Yeah. With like okay. the like cotton because tail. Because you have like a good tail, but you can still see that butt. Like I'm a seeing, fox has a yeah. better tail, but you don't really see the butt cheeks at all. Yeah. Rabbit, you get to see like the butt with the tail. I'm going to say panda bears. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Rabbit, the rabbits wear mine. Or wombats. Wombats have cute butts. Or bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bunnies are rabbits. Koalas are pretty good. No. (laughs) Rejected. (laughs) Denied. Uh, We're not going to do a big conservation corner just because we've talked about grizzlies a lot. We've talked about the Yellowstone grizzlies. I do want to briefly just bring up again that bear spray can be considered a conservation tool because it's a deterrent that can stop attacks without harming the bear, without killing the bear. It's a tool that has saved hundreds, if not thousands, of bears' lives. So uh, I do think it's a really great tool that I am a big proponent of, and it helps to save bears. All right, so our final category that we're not going to skip, even though we've done a lot of grizzly bears, is our claw rating. It's 10 claw. It's a perfect animal for me. Maybe my favorite animal. Probably my favorite animal. 10 claw, number one animal. Mike, where are you at with grizzly bears these days? Nine claws still. Okay. Yeah. Right. Hovering around my like top 20-ish animal. I think they're cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think they're awesome. They're cool. All right. Well, love you guys. Love you too. We love all you listeners. If you're really enjoying the podcast and you want more, we'd love for you to subscribe to one of our channels. Go to Patreon. Subscribe to Patreon. Or if you decide you want to do the Apple subscription, do the Apple subscription. But we'd love to have you there. We'd love to talk to you on Patreon. We'd love to give you some bonus content yeah you know? a lot of bonus a lot of so, good bonus yeah. content you know mm-hmm. i think we're all pretty proud of what king we've got sting going. we are king most recent sting one? Is the most recent one so sign up for patreon or join the grizz club and and I review that's us pretty much it yeah oh yeah if you're liking the podcast give us a review on apple podcasts mm-hmm. or a rating on spotify and uh tell us what you like about it if you don't like it shut the hell up we're close to 2000 ratings i saw so once we get there we'll i mean we can just shut it down whoever is our 2000th rating gets to rest their junk on mike's arm for two Mm. hours yeah on on mike's arm i accept (laughs) all right we'll talk to you later Bye. bye Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Julian on Love wherever you're listening now.